Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. The band is back together. Yes! You're listening to Nerdette Recaps, Game of Thrones with Peter Sagal. I am Greta Johnson. And I'm Trisha Bobita, and we are joined by our friend Peter Sagal. We're back! I've missed you guys. Oh, hey, Peter. He's the best Jewish male public <laughs> radio host when you can't afford Ira Glass. Now look. We needed just like a level set. My, you know? <laughs> if you had asked me, I would have recommended saving that, perhaps. <laughs> oh, no. You're like a little kid. You couldn't wait to get home <laughs> with the treat. You had to open it up right away in the car, we guys. We sure did, yeah. <laughs> All right. I am totally okay with that. Yeah. New patriarchy jingles. If you hadn't figured it out, courtesy of our friends. And I use the term advisedly. My friend. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Friend. Paul and Storm, <laughs> Paul Saburin and Storm yeah, do you Constanza. Still think of them as your friends? It was really weird. Um, so I wrote to Paul and I said, "Hey, Paul, last season recaps is coming up. We'd love some more patriarchy jingles. Everybody loves them." He said, "No problem," and he sent them to me. And I wrote back and I said, "These are so hilariously mean." Yeah, they <laughs> to are me. exactly that. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. And he you, wrote back Paul and he and said, "We have a weird relationship," <laughs> and I I really can't disagree with him. <laughs> Okay, so I imagine that some people listening actually have not heard Nerdette Recaps Game of Thrones before now. How could that be possible? They're jumping on this bandwagon, so I thought we should just take a couple of minutes to explain who we are and why we care or not about this show. All right. Do you want to start, Peter? Well, all right. Uh, My name is Peter Sagal. I host this other show, but uh, beyond my public facade of sophisticated game show host, I am a massive nerd. I use that in the metaphorical sense and mm-hmm. actually physically not too prepossessing. <laughs> and uh, because I am a massive nerd and grew up as one, I have been obsessed with Game of Thrones lo these many years. Well, and, and, and it kind of was the case that the producers of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me were like, okay, Peter, enough with sneaking yes, in the dragon jokes that was in a problem. the NPR News quiz. This is in many ways both a, a pleasure for me and a kind of rehab. So because it, if I yeah. wasn't doing it with you guys, I'd be doing it with people who just didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Does that make us methadone of some kind? Oh, or? A little bit. Interesting. A little bit. So, yeah, you walked down to the newsroom at WBEZ a couple years back and yes. asked Trisha and I, who were hosting a podcast called Nerdette, yes. which is all about all things nerd, Indeed. if we'd be game to recap. As it were. You made a little pun. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, game to recap. Yeah, I get yeah. it. It took me a second. And here we are, years later. I've, I've missed your disdain, Greta. I really have. Yes, I have people who treat me that well. I have people in my life who treat me that way, but none with such elan. <laughs> well, here we are. It has been 595 days that is crazy. since wow. we saw an episode on the television of Game of Thrones. Well, a new it's one so we've all been long. obsessively rewatching. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's two full years, more or less, of just, like, waiting for this damn last season. So we thought it would be useful to for people who haven't been rewatching yes. to kind of recap where things left off in season seven. And kind of what to look out for. Trisha especially has done like a deep dive into the the trailer literature around I all of that. I expected no less. Yes. So we'll I have talk been about reading that. and watching the internet. And I'm also intensely. really curious uh, who you guys are most sad to see die because with like eight up ep- or six episodes left of yeah. this season eight, like shit's gonna go down. Oh yeah, we are going to. There's going to be a lot of glorious and there's going to be a lot of deaths glorious and otherwise right so yeah those are kind of like my three main points that i think we should get through let's do it all okay. right let's be an efficient recap of the recaps of the recap that yeah. is very that we ambitious have done in the past. It, it is extraordinarily meta you could mm-hmm. build whole libraries if it wasn't all in the internet of stuff written about game of thrones it's crazy how much there is it's out there. insane well and i think once you have two years to really think about it yes there's just been a lot of stuff out there yeah so I kind of think we should start at Eastwatch. Why not? Because holy shit. So what we what we want to do here is we want to just sort of remind everybody where yep. everything where was left ev- yep, when exactly. last we visited with these people Yes. two years ago. Yes. So at Eastwatch, we have the question of whether or not Tormund is alive. Tormund is alive. According to the trailer. Yes. 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 He looks super alive, but we didn't and, know that well, at the end of episode seven. I, like, I'm sure you guys did, Rewatched all of season seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I did thoughts, not do that. But... <laughs> 
There, if you and I did watch quite as carefully as I could the sequence, the final sequence of, of season seven, where the ice dragon attacks and the wall falls down, and it does seem as if Tormund and Barak, who were standing on top of the wall, managed to get to the stairway and start descending the wall before it collapses. So. I think there is a plausible case for their surviving this. Or they jumped into some of the magic snow that saved Sansa and Theon that yes. one time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. The magic snow that is incredibly, uh, 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 what's the word, cushioning, yeah. despite it being a centimeter thick. That stuff. <laughs> yep. The magic <laughs> snow. Yeah. <laughs> and we had, of course, the maybe not so surprising, but still insane ice dragon situation. The ice dragon. It's Which, Viserion. Like, oh my right? God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is Viserion. Yeah. We figured that out. He's back. Yeah. Someone pointed out, and I think rightfully so, that this kind of makes it more of a fair fight. Yes. But also, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what actually happens because now if it's just sort of two air forces fighting, that's not as interesting. (laughs) Well, it is. I mean, I I, I don't know if this is the right time to do this, but I have thoughts now about season seven. Gather around and listen while old Peter Sagelman explains this show to you. Because if you watch it having seen it, it seems to me that certain things become clear. And to make it brief, the entirety of season seven, including all the things that we made fun of, all the dumb things, all the dumb decisions, all the ridiculous, <laughs> how quick does, can he, Gendry, run back to the wall and how quick does His marathon like mm-hmm. sprint. All that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all basically for, I think, in service of two overriding purposes. Uh, the first is to have Johnny, Johnny. <laughs> Good old, good old Johnny. Johnny Snow. John Snow and Johnny Danny, Snow. as he calls her, uh, once and indicatively, mm-hmm. fall in love. Mm-hmm. Not just hook up, but fall in love. Yes. I think there's a tr- so much time is spent in season seven giving them moments. Mm-hmm. That Co- scene in the cave. Oh, yes. God. Oh, my so God. And the boy. touching of the hand after the rest. And it's all building up to the big moment where Danny sacrifices a dragon to save John, and John tries or almost sacrifices his. I had forgotten about that, that mm-hmm. he doesn't fly off in the dragon when the dragon comes to rescue, that he stays behind for vague reasons to try to somehow protect them, and he ends up almost getting killed, and um, Uncle Benjen runs in and saves him at the last minute, blah, blah, blah. Because in Game of Thrones, love language is giving yourself up to the risk of violent it's death. sacrificial. It's like, right. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it was, that was the first purpose, to actually have them fall in love, which I think is important, and we can talk about that when we talk about what we think is coming up. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is to give the Night King a dragon. Yeah. To yeah. Get, to get the dragon up there. Well, yeah. I and, mean, it is a much more compelling fight, I right. think. Because if he didn't have it, I mean, as you say, you know, you're talking about like two dragons against one, and he's got spears and... But that's a lot more interesting than dragons coming in. All and just, the dragons. All the dragons. Yeah. Especially just, since fire kills them yes. so yeah. handily. Yeah. Yes. That's it would be a pretty dull fight if only um, Daenerys had dragons. Also, we now know who the third dragon rider is. It's the Night King. Remember mm-hmm. there was this prophecy there'll be three-headed dragon, three riders. It's going to be Jon Snow. People thought maybe Tyrion. It's going to be Daenerys and it's going to be the Night King. Which yeah. means poor Tyrion doesn't get to be the third and we thought maybe he would be the third. It would have been pretty cool if Tyrion got a dragon. It would have been pretty cool. Should we go to Winterfell? Let's. Talk about who's at Winterfell? Everybody is getting there. Yeah. I also noticed what rewatching how often, how many times in the final episode people said, we're going to Winterfell. Uh-huh. We'll Everybody meet, meet at Winterfell. Winterfell. Everybody Exciting. meet at Winterfell. It's like friends making plans before cell phones. You had to be really clear <laughs> yes, exactly. about where you were going and why. Winterfell. Yes. So Sansa's in charge Sansa's of Winterfell. Sansa's in charge. She's doing pretty good work. Insofar as being Lady Stark of Winterfell. And killing, killing Littlefinger. Little, yeah. little killing Littlefinger. I have thoughts about that. <laughs> As a Peter, we thought you might. I know. I, I, there were a couple of things that I think I, I overly criticized last season for during the time we uh-huh. were talking wow, about Wow, that's a very nice There was some whinging if folks there was haven't some listened whinging. back. There was some serious whinging. For example, you may remember me saying, why doesn't Danny fly off on her dragons and like find out where everybody is and do some recon missions? Recon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I missed this. They actually talk about that in one episode. Oh, Danny says, go. I'm going to go fly off and find where, where Euron's fleet is. And they say, you can't do that. It's too dangerous. You go out there, an arrow will knock you off, and then we're all screwed. So huh. they did—they at least discussed That's it. That's nice. But the one thing I stand by is how utterly pointless the whole Littlefinger at Winterfell plot was. It makes no sense. Mm. You have, once again, um, Sansa and Arya arguing so as to make us in the audience think they're— they're Yeah, the fake argument. The fake argument is annoying. And th- there's no—and here's also something I didn't notice or at least understand as well the first time I watched it. If you had asked me what had happened in the trial scene— mm-hmm. I would have said, well, they kill Littlefinger and they accuse him of trying to, you know, sow dissent between Sansa and Arya, which mm-hmm. is what we've watched him doing. Mm-hmm. That's not what they really do. 
what they do is they accuse Littlefinger correctly of everything he's yeah, of done. Starting yeah. the whole because right. now Damn that the three eyed raven yes. can combine forces with Sansa, who it, Sansa witnessed plenty of what she described right. oh, firsthand, sure. including yeah. the killing of Lisa, uh, uh, Aunt Lisa, right? Lysa, Lysa, Aaron. yeah, Lysa, yep. Aaron at the yeah, but and all the other things that she didn't see, Bran did. So here's the evidence: you're guilty, right? Which means two things. Again, the whole thing with Arya and Sansa was pointless. I still liked that, though. I mean, I think that one scene was annoying, but I like that they teamed up against him. I yeah. think that's cool. Well, that is cool, you know? but they could have and should have and probably did do that at the first episode of last season, but they needed to drag it out, which is why yes. it ended up being annoying. Yes, that was the annoying part. But I think especially given how, yeah, you know, I mean, the last time they were together was what? Episode one, season one, pretty much? Yes. And they fought mercilessly, yes. right? Because they're such different people. Sansa right. always wanted to be the Lady of Winterfell. She wanted to wear pretty dresses and marry a handsome man. And Arya wasn't into any of that. She wanted yeah. to fight. She wanted, yeah. you know, and so to see them like have both gone on those separate paths and come back around and now Arya can essentially be her henchman. Like Lord High Executioner. Is like kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, no, it's great. I love the fact that they've partnered up. I'm just annoyed that they threw all this yeah, Gar- this stuff at us. I'll say before hear, they just before they I let it happen. Since we're in Winterfell, should this be when we discuss what is going on with Bran, who is technically yes. in some way not Bran anymore? No. Yes, I just wrote Bran is a creepo. He yeah. is continually a creepo, and he knows everything, but he's kind of weirdly shy about sharing everything. Yeah. except when he wants to, and you don't know why he wants to. It feels like he needs some level of detail about where to look in his mind palace. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> to take the With Sherlock Sam being like, well, do, what, could you just I'm pretty sure look what's filed under annulments and <laughs> weddings? I will say again, having rewatched the, the, perhaps the single funniest moment in all of Game of Thrones right? is when Bran says, "I'm the three eyed raven now," and Sam says, "I don't know what that means." Sam says, "Oh, yeah, John Bradley, how nice for you." John Bradley is so good. Yes, I hope we get as much Sam as possible in yes. the next Me season. Too. That is one of my wants. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's exciting that he's at Winterfell already. Yes. So he's there. Gilly's there. Yes. And we also have Brienne and Podrick. Right. Well, Brienne is on the way back, right? Because she had yes, gone down to the summit. True. Yes. To the zombie and summit. so had zombie Podrick. But she's, she's, mar- she's marching back. Jamie's on his way. Jamie's on his way. Everybody's heading to Winterfell. Yeah. Everybody who's anybody, with the exception of Cersei and Euron and Theon, who at the end of season seven, is often finally oh, yeah. on his mission to go rescue his sister. Maybe. Maybe. I still don't totally believe it. Yeah. Can we call Winterfell Stark Party Central? What do you sure. guys think? <laughs> right? It's I going just feel down. Like it's going to be yeah. good at Winterfell. It's gonna, yeah, like it's going to be where it all happens. And do we happen. think Gendry is at the Winterfell Forges? Is that where we think he is? Yeah. Do you, well, the last, you we saw of Gendry, last we saw of Gendry is he runs up to the wall with, the, with like, you, have to send a, you have to send a raven. Uh, and he's dragged into Eastwatch by the Sea. Have we seen him since then? No, but in the trailer no. we see him forging some things in a forge. Oh, I'm sure he's at Winterfell forging. Okay. He'll always be Great. forging. Forging so, and rowing. Rowing and, and forging. John and Daenerys yes. are heading to White Harbor. There was another moment I kind of missed, which I loved. There's a moment. It's it's one of the penultimate scenes. Is it Jon Snow's seven. butt? It is not Jon Snow's butt. It leads up to Jon Snow's butt. <laughs> they're they're talking. I guess they're. I don't know. Are they back at Dragonstone? How'd they get back to Dragonstone? Right. They they're like in the room. Yeah, they, talking they over flew the table. back to Dragonstone on the, yeah. on the dragon. And they're saying, "All right, how should how should we all go to Winterfell?" And Jon says, "I'm going to sail to White Harbor for some plot reason." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Well, Daenerys should fly on her dragon." And then somebody comes up with it, and Jon, I think, comes up with a complete nonsense reason why she should sail with him to to White Harbor. Uh-huh. And 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 Daenerys is like, "Yes." I shall sail with him to uh-huh. White Harbor. And uh-huh. everybody in the room is Goes, like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Get a room. Oh, that's what oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a ride with Bob back home from the prom because he's going my way. Oh, are you? <laughs> is that why? It's geographically convenient. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Tyrion's also on the boat and Davos is yeah, on the boat too, creepily watching. Right? Creepily watching. He wasn't actually watching though, right? He was more like He was like standing listening. outside being sort of Yeah, he's like definitely aware. on the other side of the door. But yeah. I don't think he was like actually like He's not watching. in the room watching, but he's no. creepily No, he wasn't pulling a thing. Realizing Yeah, yeah he what's knows going he on. knows what's up and he, he doesn't seem happy about it. And we spe- and it uh, turns out not only us, a lot of people speculated on his feelings in that shot, i.e. Yes. is he concerned politically for this alliance and what it will do or is he sad that he's, sad. he's always the bride's groom, never the groom. Groomsman, never the groom? I'm <laughs> I don't sorry. know. There's a version of this that could end with Tyrion and Sansa on the Iron Throne. 
I would they, love they are that. Tec- are they technically still married? I was she wondering Because she married Ramsay after she was married to Tyrion. So the question is sort of like they never consummated. So does that mean it's not a legal marriage right. in this world? And also did the subsequent marriage sort of negate the other? Mm-hmm. But in the world of the show, it must have been because the whole point of the Boltons taking a Stark was so that there could be a legitimate Stark in Winterfell and right. to sort of help their political right. alliance. And everybody knew that she had married Tyrion. So. Right. That must have been just how it works. Like you don't have to divorce; you just get a new marriage. You get a new marriage, which or, is convenient. Or, or, it would save a lot of people a lot of money. Let's or, be honest. Or as we found out, <laughs> or just to give her credit, Gilly found out we had there is such a thing as annulment. Right, right. In yeah, the, you would think that Westeros. you'd have to. So presumably they did something like that. Although you you did just bring up something I haven't thought of. Sansa has always wanted to be the lady of a great house, meaning she has to get married. So I haven't seen anybody speculating who's Sansa going to marry. I like the Robin idea of Tyrion. Oh, God. Us. Yeah, Robin Aaron. Oh. He's, he's the most likely to survive this all. The veil is very well protected. He's not in the middle of the fight. In I've case been... you've forgotten who Robin Aaron is, oh. this is the preteen who breastfed yes. his and, mother. Yes. And, and the last time we saw him, they were trying to train him to be a, fu- to be a fighter. Did not go well. Oh, Did not. God. He's like standing there going, ah, 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 which God, is what I immediately really is... said. I would do in his situation, <laughs> no matter what I might fantasize that. about. Yeah, Ugh. it would be hilarious because I know that the creators of the show love having Deus Ex Machina's last minute yeah, rescues. Super we've convenient. It, we've seen it many, many times. Mm-hmm. Most recently, Ben Jen saving John. We've seen it with the Knights of the Vale at the Battle of the Bastards so many times. Wouldn't it be funny if the Deus Ex Machina, the guy who rides in at the head of the army to save everybody, is, is Robin little, Aaron? little Robin oh Aaron? Hello, I learned how to fight. <laughs> So the boat is full of dragon glass, right? Is like, it? Isn't that the whole point? Well, there was a boat that had dragon glass. Okay, so maybe but there John was had already, already left in that boat. Okay, which is right. why I think they had those dragon glass weapons at the fight of the Lord. As we know in Just Game of Thrones, figured it was worth mentioning the dragon. Glass. Time passes in whatever way right. is most convenient. Yes. <laughs> so ships full of dragon glass could have been going to Winterfell the whole time the zombie summit was happening. This is no very idea. true. Well, should we head to town? It's snowing in King's Landing, it which is. I thought was very exciting. It was like the last shot when, yep. when Lannister Jamie is riding away mm-hmm. in the snow. Yes, because mm-hmm. winter has come, you say. Exactly. Yeah. And we have Cersei trying to hold down the fort. Yeah, she's got her plan, which she laid out pretty clearly, more clearly again than I remembered. To Jamie. The idea is everybody's army goes north. They fight the White Walkers, the Army of the Dead. They're decimated. Meanwhile... Euron didn't really run away. He went to get the 20,000-strong Golden Company series of mercenaries led by a character named, no kidding, Harry Strickland. (laughs) Who loves you, baby? And presumably they'll show up at some key moment, uh, either before or I would guess more likely after the huge battle that we're going to have. I'm told in episode three, is that correct? Yes. That's what we hear. Yes. And so who else is in? Oh, and Cersei... Says she's pregnant. Yes. It's worth reminding folks about, too. The, I, one thing I caught with my own um, far shallower reading of the internet than Trish's <laughs> is that there's a lot of speculation that Cersei, since there was so much discussion about the fact that she's pregnant, isn't really pregnant. Right. right. That it's all a ruse. It's all a ruse. And that since there's so much discussion about how the fact that Danny can't be pregnant, she is. Yes. I do think or will that be very line shortly. of Danny saying... I can't have children and John being like, are you sure, though? Yeah. Because a witch once told me. That was one of Jon Snow's finer moments to go like, you should get a second medical opinion because (laughs) this came from a witch one time. (laughs) I do think an interesting question is whether Tyrion will tell Daenerys that Cersei is pregnant. Oh, we're meant to believe that something happened between Tyrion and Cersei that we didn't see. Some deal was struck. Some conversation was had. We don't know what it is. We don't know how long we will go without knowing what Tyrion and, so and Cersei actually decided. Because this is not something I've tracked. So what we saw, and again, I just rewatched it. So so they have the, the quote unquote disastrous meeting where because John the zombie summit with, won't lie, won't lie. Which, and I love the fact that everybody's like, "Why didn't you lie?" <laughs> All right, he didn't lie. Cersei's like, "What the hell with you?" And turns and walks away. Tyrion says, well, I'll go see her because she probably won't kill me, but she might. But, but she I, might kill she me. She might kill also, me, but I'm going to go. Also, Peter Dinklage in that scene, I rewatched that episode last yeah. night. He is fantastic in that scene. It's, he is. It's really one of the finer sort of like Lannister talk-offs. Yeah. He's got, yeah. Ugh. And I remember we talked last year, I almost said. It was two years ago about mm-hmm. how great it was to see those two actors yeah. again in a room. Yes. Um, but then there was that great moment where he looks at her. I thought it was because she wasn't drinking, but they don't really flag that. It, yeah. He just looks at her and says, you're pregnant, yeah. which is great. She does a like dramatic well, stomach cold. Yes. I think also her concern for the future 
That's that's yes, how that's I read who, that that's too. How he, is her like because right. all she, she ever seems cares about much is more children. invested yeah. exactly in yeah. taking care of things that made him think it wasn't just right, a which totally makes him selfish. That's like yeah. that was it was a long time since we saw Tyrion actually be smart about something, so it was nice. So, Trisha, <laughs> your theory then is that some other conversation then transpired after that moment. We that's didn't see that where the scene ends. right? Yeah, because the scene doesn't end with him walking out of the room, and right. sort of all of those cuts always feel intentional, right? Like right. if you don't see the sword cut through somebody and their head come off, they might not be dead, except for. <laughs> Stannis, who's dead. <laughs> who is, well, who knows? He's dead. All right. Oh, God. He's also Stannis the worst. Back. <laughs> I know. He is. He was the worst, and now he's dead. Um, but I think that it's very possible that there's some conversation, some deal that was struck, something that was said that we didn't see. And whether that's just Tyrion lying to Cersei or Tyrion lying to Danny, or mm-hmm. he hasn't decided in his heart of hearts what yeah. he's going to do at the end of all of this. I think that that's actually the most interesting. So you think Tyrion it's has some secret knowledge that he hasn't shared with anybody that he got from Cersei? Well, I, I think, think he made her being pregnant oh, yeah. is one thing, right? But you think beyond that even. Maybe making a promise that like he's like, listen, like, oh. Daenerys listens to me. I will convince her to do X. Like we will... We will get rid of this Jon Snow, you know, character. Oh, wow. Or something like that. Like, it you could think be, he made a deal. I think he made a deal, oh. but I don't know that who he's lying to. Yeah. But I think he is always sort of trying to make everybody think it's in their best interest to listen to him and to trust him. Right. And so he's like sort of a double agent. See, in this I, I would say that I think you're wrong, except for the fact that you're usually right. <laughs> What a conundrum for you, Peter. For me, when I want to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> anyway, I haven't thought of that. That could, I guess that could happen. It would be nice to see Tyrion do something genuinely crafty because we talked about this. Everybody talked about this, how incredibly frustrating it was to see Tyrion be so dumb yeah. for an yeah, entire yeah. season. It's yeah. been a while yeah. since crafty Tyrion. Yeah. Well, and it was also very satisfying to see Jamie actually leave Cersei. Like, yeah. you are crazy. I'm going to go help. And there is a shot in the trailer of Jamie at Winterfell. Somebody said that he's in northern garb, which I guess mm. indicates that he has chosen a side, at least for that moment. Yeah. Well, or just that it's very cold. Yes. In Winterfell. Yes. And we're just describing the two little brothers of Cersei, one of whom is probably going to kill her. You really believe that's going to happen? I think the Valonqar. Like prophecy. Remind me what that was again. So Maggie the Frog told her that she would have three children who would all die. Which is true. Check. Uh, Again, I just said you shouldn't listen to witches, but now I'm saying let's (laughs) listen to the witch. Uh Three children who would all die, check, and that she would be killed by her little brother. Now, Jamie was born second. Right. And Tyrion is also her little brother. So either of them could be That does seem like a classic feint to make her think it's Tyrion. Right. But in yeah. a kind of, you know, I was not I was from my mother's womb, untimely ripped kind of thing. Turns out Jamie is a little brother. I could see that happening. Well, and prophecy is just so intoxicating. Like, how can you not want that to yeah. go through? I also know? think it's very possible that since everybody's at Stark Party Central yes. with Arya, who can steal either Tyrion or uh, Jamie's face if she wants. Yes. That, that could be still... how she gets to cross Cersei off her list is she kills Jamie, takes his face and then it's actually Arya that finally kills Cersei with Jamie's face. So I, I, she has to kill somebody to take their face, right? Yes, yeah. I believe. Because I don't want Jamie to die. Yeah. But I do want Arya to kill Cersei. So I'm conflicted. Well, so wait a minute. Which would be more <laughs> satisfying to you, Miss Johnson? Would I don't know. Would you prefer know. Arya killing Cersei or Jamie killing Cersei? I guess in the end, as long as Cersei's dead, I don't much care. I think it's going to be Jamie. Because yeah. I think yes. that Arya's I, I think that would be more Arya's satisfying. beef against Cersei is that Cersei had Ned killed, which yeah. isn't exactly true. It was Joffrey who did that. That's true. So I don't think that Arya's killing Cersei, even though she really, really wants to, yeah. would be as satisfying to win the audience. And Germ right. loves circular narratives and the Kingslayer becoming the Queenslayer. Yes. To be clear, Germ is yeah. what we call George, George R. 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 Martin, <laughs> yeah. just in case that yeah. was confusing. I found out something him. interesting about him. Oh, yeah? Uh, First of all, that he has, I'm not going to say left the show, but kind of taken some distance from it. Yeah. Apparently, he was supposed to write an episode for each season, Mm -hmm. which he did quite usually the big battle of us. He wrote, for example, the Battle of the Blackwater episode. He, the last episode he was credited with was The Lion and the Rose, also known as The Purple Wedding. Uh But apparently his script so varied from what the showrunners wanted that they just kind of agreed he wouldn't do it anymore. Interesting. He wanted to bring back characters and to go down paths that he does in the book. And even then the showrunners were like, no, we got to keep this contained. We can't have all the new characters that you like to add. And then I found out he wrote 
in some interview that he was going to he, – uh, back up a little bit. We all know there was a famous lost pilot. Right. Uh-huh. He had a cameo in the lost pilot, the hmm. first pilot. And it was terrible. Yeah. The first pilot was terrible and we can talk about that again if you want to. But George R. R. Martin had his cameo. He's supposedly a guest at, uh, at uh, the wedding, da- Daenerys' wedding, to Carl Drogo. Cal Drogo. Carl Drogo. Carl, hi, I'm Carl. <laughs> Carl Drogo. Hi. I'm here about your insurance needs. Um, no, but so he that got cut. That's fine. And they invited him to come out and be in the show, finally show up in the show, the, 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 the great you know, mind that came up with all this. And he said, no, he didn't go to Ireland. Interesting. And I'm like, hmm, if you were the progenitor of the greatest TV show of all time, wouldn't you want to be there as they shoot the last scenes and maybe even show up in one? I mean, Noah Syndergaard it, got to. Why not you? It's such know. a complicated situation, though, because yeah. it's kind of the things that are going to be different about the show. Yeah. In some ways are his fault because yeah. he didn't finish the books. Oh, yeah. Right. They're right? totally like, his fault. Like Benioff and Weiss are such fanboys that yeah. if the books had been finished, completed, written, yeah. by the time they started shooting, they might have still taken some license to make it coherent television. Yeah. But they wouldn't have made big changes. No, I don't they think. absolutely would not have. And no question. So it's really George's own fault that this is happening to him. Yeah, yeah. He, he once said in one of the interviews I read, he said, "Never, I never imagined." Yes. He said that they would finish this before I finished the yes. book. Yes, yeah, like that's got to be that. Yeah, real that's got to be hard. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know why we brought that up. But you were talking about Germ, and he likes circular endings. He likes. Oh, yes. Yeah, we call him germ or germ, depending yeah. on how we, you know, it's yeah. like gif and jif. Like, they're, they're both fine. We've lost the trot. Um, Where are we? Dragonstone. Let's talk about Dragonstone just for a second. Even though because, people are all leaving Well, but Missandei and Grey Worm are going to hold down the fort, right? Aren't they, aren't they marching north? I thought they were marching north Are they north heading a north, way. too? I thought everybody, I mean. The Unsullied just, is definitely marching north. I guess oh, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, so they're marching I north. I think everybody's going to Winterfell. I don't think any, with the exception of Cersei. Except Euron. Except Euron, except Theo, who's going to fight Euron to rescue. But, exactly. we, but Euron, for all we know, is going to Winterfell. But no, I doubt it. He's. I don't, one of the big questions is where Euron and the Golden Company are going to show up and when. Because mm-hmm. they're gonna. It's yes. just a question of, is it going to be before the big battle? My bet is afterwards. But who knows? Yeah. The 55 days it took to shoot that night battle. Have me really excited about that night battle. Okay, so let's talk about that in just a second. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. You're listening to Nerdette Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Sagal. Trisha, you just hinted at the night battle, which, yeah, everything I've read makes it sound like it's going to be so intense to watch. But first, can we talk about the trailer a little bit since that's like things we have seen? Yes. And doesn't feel spoilery to talk about no, this. If it's not, it's, it can't be a spoiler if it's in the trailer. Because I have gone deep on the internet on the early reviews of episode one because the premiere has happened. So there are a whole mess of people who have seen it and they've been writing reviews in cryptic ways. And some people <laughs> took some screen caps of things. But I'm not going to do any of the spoilery things okay. here. Yes. For I don't want to okay. hear it if yes. you have them. Spare me. I have I have some. <laughs> All right. But in the trailer, I think that's fair game. Yeah. And it feels like the trailer is the first two, maybe three episodes. And we think three because we see what looks like this big night battle at yeah. Winterfell. Uh-huh. And that's apparently when this battle is going to happen. 55 days. And by days, I mean nights. Yes. It took them to shoot this so uh, in the cold and the mud. And, you know, uh, Kit Harrington has made it very clear that that was not pleasant no, they, they for any have. of them. Apparently the one thing they were allowed to talk about pre-press for this is how miserable it was shooting the battle. Yes. That's it. They can't say anything else. Because it was just hard and cold. Yes. And, yeah. Um, and we know that Arya is bloodied and running from someone in some hallways. Right. Somebody has taken to lightening that footage to oh, try to God. see <laughs> if they can see who is chasing her. And it's at least two figures, but we're not sure who. I like the theory that when the Army of the Dead gets to Winterfell, one of the things they can do, of course, is raise anyone from the dead to oh, join no. the army. And, they, and so oh, she's no. actually being chased by zombie Ned. Well, that... A is an idea I haven't thought of, and it makes me just, woo that's spooky. <laughs> but it does bring up something which I made in my notes thinking about this, which is one thing we haven't seen yet, and it, they've been hinting it could happen. With the exception of Viserion, the dragon, no character who we know and like has been resurrected from the dead by the 
king, by the Night King. We have that one moment where there's the one wildling who we kind of got to know over the course of yes. one episode who yes. pops up at the end. Yes. And so we know it's possible for it to happen that quickly. Yes. So it is entirely possible that who knows? Zombie anybody. Uh, Tormund Giantsbane, Jorah Mormont, anybody could by the end of this TV series be walking around blue eyes slashing at our dear friends. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the idea of the, 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 the corpses in the crypt rising up is very spooky. It really is. It's kind of Because what else would scare Arya that much? She's pretty right. hard to scare. Yeah. yeah. And they, they clearly also wanted you to ask that question. Yeah. Like, what is terrifying Arya? For Cause sure. Because it's got to be big. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, I think beyond that, we know that, you know, Gendry is there and there in the forges. There's the, a couple of shots of the Unsullied sort of standing at the ready and others. And it looks like there's dragon glass on the top of everyone's spears. So it looks okay. like they're ready, you know, uh-huh. which is interesting because the drag, again, time passing. Yeah. The dragon has knocked down the wall. I guess they are on foot. So it's going to take them a little while to get from the wall to Winterfell. Mm-hmm. But they've been able to make a lot of weapons very quickly. Yes. Which is convenient. Yeah. For a fair fight. Yeah. I was about to say, I was about to make fun of the people who have so obsessive with this that they're lightening the trailer trying to get more details. He said <laughs> on the podcast talking about the TV show that he's been looking forward to doing And slowing for two down years. frame yeah, by frame exactly. to see where exactly You go, is. obsessive fans. <laughs> also, it's not in the trailer, but it's in the finale episode when – or it's in the penultimate episode when mm. we see the eye of the sword open up. The Eye when, of the Sword? What is so that? So John's sword, yes. which is Longclaw, which is actually Wait. the Mormont sword. Yes, which he tries to give back to Jorah, and Jorah says, no, keep it. And may you, may it serve you and your children, he says, well, mm-hmm. go on. So when John is submerged under the ice water and we think like, whoop, he's dead. Not really. But, you oh. know, we're meant to think that for a second. Yeah. The eye on his sword I opens remember this huh. from last time. Beforehand. I what is that, that about? I thought that got debunked. I, I thought, don't know. I thought I, I all the nerds it. went nuts about this. Oh, I like rewatched po- it. It's like Mary Poppins' umbrella. Yep, but that's like, what's going on it, there. It's that's like my a, theory. Is it like a blue, like... No, it goes from like a closed eye to an open it eye. It just opens. Yeah, which makes me think huh. that either Bran can warg into a sort sword? of anything. <laughs> I don't know. Either somebody's warging into it or... A... Last night I dreamed I was a sword. I lay there. <laughs> I opened my eye. I, just, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't see it. I don't right. like working into inanimate objects. I think that's boring. Us no like. <laughs> uh, it's against But do you have rules. any other theories? I don't mean to just shoot you down. Are there any other theories about the eye thing? I just think it's interesting that the sword maybe has some sort of connective power of some yes. kind to other things. Yes. And that it is connected to John in a different way. And that's also why he couldn't give it back. Yeah. Well, it's like Gryffindor's sword. That's what I'm saying. Swords sometimes are, you know, loyal. Yeah, it's and stuff. nothing oh, like for sure. Gryffindor's sword. Why not? It's not going to appear it's when you need it. Just pull it out of the hat. It's not going to happen. Fox is just going to drop it off for you. The Peter's opinion falls in the forest. Does anybody give a shit? Justin is our producer. He knows when to play the jingles, and that was very well timed. <laughs> um, so, who are you guys going to be the saddest to see die? I've been thinking a lot about this, and I'm very worried about it. All right. Can we say l- – l- can we can we make our predictions about who is going to – I know this is the game, as it were. But yeah. I, I couldn't help but think about it. There are two people I know are going to die because they said they were going to die, and that's um, the Red Witch. Uh, right. And, I must die in this country. And Varys. Oh, yeah. And you will too, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. says to him. So they're, they're doomed. They're well, going to die. And the Hound, the last time we really heard from him was at the zombie summit, yeah. and he said something about how he – thought he was going to die and he didn't want it. He left King's Landing because he didn't want to die there and now he was back. That made me think things you are not going to go well for him. You mentioned in our, in our recap of that episode how many people refer to their own yes, death in that a episode. Lot I thought of people was perceptive. Did. And you're right. I watched it again. It's like, yeah, people are constantly saying, this is where I die, huh? And yeah. nobody dies. Right. Which I think was a way of teasing the audience. You all tuned in for the season finale of season seven expecting us to kill off a major character and we're not going right. to. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's partly what makes the stakes so high. I mean, obviously, there are a number of reasons why these final six episodes are a big deal. But there are so many storylines yes. that have to get resolved. Right. So many people who just simply can't make it to the end. Right. And, well, they well, could. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure. But I mean, if you have a f- epic battle in episode three. Yeah, like, I think a lot of people die. I think most contenders down. for the throne have to die. Right. But the yes, more minor true. characters, you know, we could see whoever ends up on the throne next to their three favorite sort of B-level characters. Yes. 
having survived in some way. Well, <laughs> I keep true. thinking oddly enough about not something from Game of Thrones, but actually something that Harrison Ford, of all people, <laughs> said about Han Solo. And he's, he was saying that during the making of the original Star Wars trilogy, he was arguing with George Lucas that Han Solo should die. And his argument was, there's nothing left for this guy to do. Yeah. And what he meant was, like, this character had played himself out. He had, he mm-hmm. had learned his lessons. He had gone from being a rogue to a good guy. Yeah, he did the right but, thing. But, there, but you, it's, it was so hard to imagine, like, Han Solo going off and, as we found out, he wasn't going to be a good husband to Leah. Uh-huh. And I what th- were the clues? Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I Han keep thinking, Solo, though. But there, that's, if you think about it, that's so true of so many characters, most in, in Game of Thrones, most primar- primarily, not most primarily, <laughs> Jorah Mormont. I was, I've been saying Jorah Mormont's got to go for yeah. years yeah, so now. Long. Well, and that's the thing, like, clean it up, you know? Like, yeah, Jorah's got to Jorah Mormont's got to die for Daenerys. Um, yeah. Uh, the Hound is, like, such a great character for a redemptive, sacrificial yes. death of some kind. Yes, he really is. Jamie is another yes. character like that. And whether or not the showrunners decide to indulge those, I don't want to say stereotypical, but accepted tropes Mm -hmm. is another question. But there are people who are just screaming for that kind of ending. I think Brienne kind of fits into that category too, though that worries me very much. All she's wanted to do is die in somebody's service, so maybe she'll get the chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's hard. To me, like the whole big question looking at the final season and everything is how – much these guys want to play by, by these guys, I mean Benioff and Weiss, want to play by the accepted rules of TV, i.e. how much of a happy ending is this going to be? Right. Yeah, I kind of think we should just assume that it's not going to be a happy ending. Well, there's like a spectrum. Uh-huh. And the one, an end of one spectrum, and the happy end is like the end of Star Wars. Well, they're all fine, and they're all standing around. Or rather, the end of Return of the Jedi, where they're having a party in the Ewok forest. Uh. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, if there was a party Star in party the forest, Central. Dark Party Central. I'm just I just have, I just have this image of the long shot of Winterfell they use sometimes, uh-huh. and just you just see a, like a disco light, and you hear like a boom. boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just a dance a party. Base, yeah. Um, and the other end of the spectrum is the joke that I've heard from somebody, which is like in the first ten minutes of the last episode, and then I. King kills everybody. The zombies all rise and then they stand there for 50 minutes because they have nothing else to do because who's left to kill. So somewhere between those. But to which end it's going to be closer, I don't know. And will we finally get to figure out what it is the White Walkers want? Yes. Yeah. I I read. uh, Who was it? I think it was an interview with uh, the actor who plays Sam Sam Samuel Tarley. uh, John Bradley. John Bradley. And he went on about that, I think. Huh. Uh, and I was like, oh, it's just like Trisha. So yeah, that was nice. Which is nice because I am the maester. And so is he. <laughs> exactly. Do you want to talk about what you mean by that a little bit? So I really think that it's the most boring kind of fantasy when you're just fighting a sort of anonymous evil guy. all yeah. the time. Yeah. Sauron. Yeah, it's not as interesting. Yeah, uh, and so the whole show has been about trying to convince humans that they need to to understand their humanity and fight the sort of non-human force. Mm-hmm. But as we know, the children and of the forest the realm. and defend the realm. But as we know, the children of the forest created the White Walkers. They are men who have become this thing, right? And you know, there's all the like, is it a climate change metaphor? All that. I'm less interested in sort of what it's a metaphor for, mm-hmm. and more interested in there are clearly generals. Yeah. who are in charge of this, like, undead horde, the Jason and the Argonaut skeleton version of these guys. I'm not interested in. Those are zombies. Right. But the White Walkers are not. They have an idea. They have the forethought to bring giant chains to drag dragons out of lakes. Yes. They're smart. <laughs> they want something. That's true. Maybe so they what just do they want to go to the beach. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they've tried to get south of the wall for so long. We assume it's because they want to kill everybody. Maybe they just, you know, they're tired of, like, living in the winter. Maybe they're like my parents and they just want to go south for the winter. And <laughs> Maybe. They're snowbirds? They're snowbirds, basically. Yes, they're snowbirds. The White Walkers they're, are snowbirds. They're going to go down. <laughs> the theory we don't have. King's Landing. They're going to go to the beach. And then, you know, come, They're going to make sure there's good the delis the in Miami. Season, they're going to turn yeah, around and go back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but also, like, when we see them taking the first thing we see, right? In, yeah. I believe, the books and also in the show, one of the first things we see is a White Walker taking a baby and turning that baby into a White Walker. Uh, that, I think, comes later, but it happens in the first season, I think. It's when Is Krat- that in when, the books? Yeah, um, I, don't I don't remember. remember. The I don't remember. But there is a famous yeah. scene where, like, one of Craster's boys' right. is taken out in the woods. And so that means that White Walkers who are not 
zombie white yeah. age and grow up because otherwise what is the point of having a baby white right. walker a baby white walker sure. <laughs> so do you think there's like a scene because they got to grow up right they they're little walker. infants like white a walker scene bat mitzvah of, no no like a white walker <laughs> village where the little white walkers who aren't quite have all the ball stringy hair yet are like playing and <laughs> pretending to fight with icicles like and maybe stuff. the white walkers are the good guys like we are meant to see this mm-hmm. version of humanity as so corrupt that maybe the White Walkers think they're like going to cleanse, use the winter in a sort of Noah's Arky kind of way right. to <laughs> no cleanse humanity is, and is, rebuild it. That is hilarious. And, and <laughs> it turns out they yeah. were the good guys the whole time. I mean, it's otherwise, possible. it does seem otherwise, like serious oversight to yeah. just create these big bads that are that uninteresting. It, 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 we talked about it, I guess, uh, over the years as we've discussed this show, which is what made this show really interesting was that it wasn't the typical fantasy thing right. the Dark so Lord. So it can't just be Sauron. It, it, it does yeah. seem weird that if that's, and we talked about seeing this coming, that that's what it will boil down to is is the great fight against the Dark Lord who's just evil. He's just... He's got to have a political point of view. I like the fact that you think he's kind of sympathetic. I do. (laughs) Well, and I do think it's really interesting that we have – these are like two huge questions that need to be answered in these final six episodes, right? It's like what's going to happen in the fight in the north and then who's Who's going to take over from there. Right. And so I have a prediction as to who ends up sitting on the Iron Throne. Yes. Is is it Robin Aaron? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think because uh, there's – there was a wall. The wall is now broken. Yeah. We well, talked about the Iron Throne. The Iron Throne is going to get melted. I honestly believe that the throne itself, both literally and metaphorically, will be destroyed. I think especially hearing both John and Danny having talked about that idea of, like, breaking the wall. Yeah, the breaking wheel, the wheel. Yeah. You know? Like, Ending the game. And, yeah. Yeah. I would be more interested in what... I, I feel like John is on the better track than Daenerys yes. is for that. Yeah. She seems pretty vindictive. Yeah. And well, but when she realizes she doesn't actually have a claim to it, maybe but she's right. more likely to melt yeah. it. Oh, yeah. that is something that we failed to mention, actually, in terms Please. of where we left that off. That he is the legitimate heir. <laughs> he is and the legitimate heir. <laughs> yes. She is the aunt. And John is officially a Targaryen. Well, though, of them hooking up, and I mean that in the romantic matrimonial sense, uh-huh. would solve that problem for her because then they could rule as king and queen because Targaryens are into incest. Totally. Well, but part of the problem is that John already bent the knee to her, right? Yeah. Well, it just makes for, you know, a more egalitarian relationship. And in the trailer, we see them riding side by side on horses. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one that, in front of the other. Speaking of riding together, I, if you, I'm also predicting, and gosh, I always get into trouble. Remember me saying, oh, they're not going to kill Barristan Selmy. He's too great. Um, <laughs> but there's a question of like, so Samwell and Bran know who John is, but they have no proof. How are people going to accept that he's really Aegon Targaryen? Because the dragon will let him Write it. Mm, that is my prediction. That's a pretty good one. So you don't think Brand's going to be like, look, man. Well, I think Brand could say that, but, but he John has a lot of people to convince who might have fair. a reason not yeah. to believe it, no, including that's... John. And so, I mean, because we've seen, there was a scene in which uh, John confronts a dragon as um, Daenerys comes in to land after one of her expeditions. I think it was the one to kill all the, kill all the uh, Lannisters. And uh, he sticks out his hand and the dragon kind of sniffs it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's indicative of the dragon knows sure. he's a Targaryen. For sure. So should we listen to the voicemail we got about being sad about death? There are lots of the main cast who I don't want to see die, but in terms of who I would be the most sad to see die, I would have to say Podrick and Hot Pie because they're just so good and they deserve to live long, happy lives. Thanks. That is Heidi who had left us that and little I, And I appreciate voicemail. the very first ASMR voicemail we've ever gotten. That was a I good one, a thrill, right? Yeah. Um I, I don't I don't think we have to worry about hot pie. Even even these it. even these show creators and everything they've done are not sadistic enough to cut to the inn at the crossroads just to see hot pie get it. I mean, You're probably and, right. and hot pie's last we don't have time for that. And hot pie's last lines to Arya in their meeting where he tells her about, you know, everybody's back at Winterfell is he says to her, You and I are just alike. We're both survivors. And I have no reason not to doubt him. Oh, that's lovely. But um, well, then it'll be bad to see Podrick go. Yeah, he's he's just he's yeah. one in, in this show filled with even in which all the good people are occasionally terrible. He's the only person who's never been even for a second mean to anyone. Right, because that's the thing. A lot of characters have won us over. Right, you think yeah. about the Hound or Jamie. Like these are yeah very complicated characters who have done some pretty and, horrible and things. And you have really good characters uh, like, for example, Daenerys Targaryen who's done some pretty terrible things yes. like crucifying a lot of people exactly. and immolating uh, the Tarleys mm-hmm. in the last season. Mm-hmm. And But here's Podrick who's just nice to He's everyone. He's just a good dude. And he has a know? magic penis. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> as we are told. So if you want to send us any questions over the course of this season, you totally can record yourself on your phone with a little voice memo app, and you can email it to us at nerdatrecaps at gmail.com. Yes, we made ourselves a little that. Gmail this time Well, around. that's very Isn't good. That that's very sophisticated. We've become a real podcast, finally. Just exactly. And just thanks, Gmail. I'm glad we made that happen. All right. Y'all ready to wrap? No, there's one thing. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> I actually I mean, one of the hard things about trying to recap or talk about this show is there's so many people doing it. It's, and they're so smart. It's really hard to come up with an original thought. But I actually was thinking about something that I couldn't see anyplace else. There's a character that nobody has talked about. And that is R'hllor, the Lord of Light, the Red God. Oh, yeah. Who's been up to stuff. Indeed. There's a scene in which Beric is talking to, I think, the Hound, or maybe he's talking to John. I don't remember. But he says, the Red God has plans for us. He wants us to do something. There's a reason for us to be here, the fact that we're both still alive. And we've talked about the fact that out of all the deities who lurk around Game of Thrones world, he's the only one who seems real, who or it or whatever – who seems to actually have an agenda that he is working on via doing various magical things. He's, he's, he's in this to win it. And, and what it is he wants and how he is going to exercise that will probably through Melisandre before she comes back and dies or after she comes back before she dies is going to play a role. And I hmm. couldn't guess what. Well, and it is worth noting too then that John and Danny have both been John, gotten benefits from – has Danny that magic, right? Yeah, well, she's benefited from lots of dragon magic and Targaryen magic, but specifically the Red God has not yet, I think, wasn't acted wasn't that through witch Danny. who helped her out in season one? Was she a witch of the Red? Was I she? I thought a, maybe she was, hmm, but maybe I'm making a that priestess up. of the Red God. There was another Trisha's one. Shaking her head, no. I don't I think so exactly. But the prince or princess who was promised, I love that sort of convenient. Oh, yes. degendering of the prophecy that You're we heard. You're translating it incorrectly, says. Mm-hmm. But the Day. point that I have sort of been talking about is that actually, if John is king in the north and Danny is queen, then neither of them is a prince or a princess. They're both. And neither of them ever was like they. Right. So, Although prince or princess could mean like offspring of royalty, which we now they both are. We now know. They but it are. could also be Gendry at that point. True. It could be many others who could be the prince or princess who was promised. And so I think that should be interesting too. again to have that much talk through the series about this prophecy and then yeah. have it not get wrapped up in some way. Yes. And to not have the Lord of Light do something, whether it's win the fight for everyone or at least make their wishes known. Yes. That would be disappointing. We need that loose end tied up. I agree. We for sure do. So we have recapped seasons five, six, and seven. You can find those on our website, wbez.org slash thrones. We have a super cool newsletter. It's going to come out every Monday afternoon, kind of to coincide with these recaps coming out. We'll have some Game of Thrones links in there and information about actual Nerdette as well. We are at Nerdette Podcast on Twitter. Peter, you are at Peter Seigel. You can also use the hashtag Nerdette Recaps. Do you want to thank this person who left a nice review, Tricia? I do, because Treps33 on Apple Podcasts said, Always a great listen. The girls are amazing, and Peter is just okay. Not going to argue. <laughs> the show is produced by us with help from Justin Bull. Our executive producer is Brendan Banizak, and our theme music was composed by Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music. So see you guys next week. Absolutely. Huh? Hello. This is a prepaid collect call from... Who loves you, baby? Oh, an inmate at Florida Correctional Institution. To refuse charges, thank you it? for I using T-Medic. Uh, yeah, I, you I may think start at this the point we kind of have now. to. He's been waiting a while. All right, let's take it. Is this Harry? Hello. Harry. Harry? Come on. Are you nope. okay, Hello? man? Hello. Harry, how are you? How'd you end up in Florida? Yeah, it's kind of a long story. There was a visitation thing. With, I don't really want to get into it, but I have an idea that I wanted. It's actually an opportunity that I wanted to share with all of you on the ground floor, really the basement, right. about kind of a Thronesitions idea. Okay, what do you got? Okay, we'll do a podcast. Have you heard of this thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. I, hear I hear they're growing okay. in popularity. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Peter. I'm talking. Can you play the? Can you play the music where Peter's being an asshole? <laughs> the wisdom of the ages wrapped up in the body of a short, bald game show host. <laughs> Thank you. Right, We're so paying for the call. Apply. You go on. Okay, I'm paying. I'm paying with 
You don't even want to know how I have this call. You don't want to know what goes into paying for this call. Okay, so we do a podcast. Yeah. You guys fly down to Mississippi, and Peter lives there for six months, and I will fix a clock, and then Peter gets mercury poisoning. Wow. That's the podcast. That's, and we play the huh. transition music. What do you think? It's going to be a fucking hit. Wait, and I can, so so th- this I, podcast involves know, me slowly a, dying for six months? <laughs> I kind of like I it. I figured you would, but I don't know if the, if you represent a large demographic, Greta. No, I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to die. I think if you did die, it's a plus for the show. You know? It would be great yeah. for ratings. It yeah. would show commitment. It would. But I think we do the podcast. We forget whatever you guys are doing. I'm, not, I'm actually unclear on what your whole show is. We know. I know that the, yeah, the kids listen to it. I could work in some of the transition music. Uh. You could talk about the show with the zombies and the dragon and stuff, and maybe that's part of the show too. I don't know. It's not focused, but it's there. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a thing there. You got to feed it. Yeah, every great idea starts with a terrible, terrible one. Terrible idea. Yeah, yeah, Harry. I think we got to pass, man. I'm sorry, but it's yeah. not going to work. What do you mean pass? Why would you pass? Why would you? Pass? We just, you know, we got a lot of other stuff going on. I, mean, I think. What else do you possibly have going on? <laughs> there's nothing else going on. You have one season left of your stupid show. The dragon is south of the wall, so everybody's up the creek without a canoe. <laughs> you know, he's continuing to say his dumb You suddenly know a lot more about this show than you did about eight have, seconds have ago. Have they been watching this in the prison yeah, break room? they must have been watching. I don't know. I mean, what else is there to talk about? You guys got to think of your next chapter here. Okay? You're thinking small. We appreciate that yeah. you're thinking small. big yeah, for us. Yeah, we little appreciate brain the idea. We're thinking tiny fucking... I think that's time, Harry. Harry, yeah, I think okay. you should probably... Okay, if you don't like the idea, I'll take it somewhere else. And your small little world yeah. will be so exploded by my fucking success <laughs> that you little shit birds will never come back from it. You'll never host a stupid little show again. And you will eat off a plate for the rest of your stupid fucking lives. All right, do you still want us to make sure we put that money in your commissary for the uh, Snickers bars? I think he hung up on us. Oh, he man. did. That's he's it. He's done. Wow. Harry Strickland, ladies and gents. I don't know if prison changed him or if he's in the process of changing the prison. <laughs> That's a really great question. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.